2: 971 FM Talk Podcast.
3: Welcome back to the Mark Cox Morning Show. Blue skies greeting you if you're just now getting in your car and leaving the house. And I know it's uh, it's cold out there, but you ain't seen nothing. Let me tell you, as we were driving in this morning, Kim and Carl and I, and Sue Thomas is down here with us this morning at the station, th- th- there were snow squalls. I, I don't know. I-, I mean, I know it was three hours ago, but. People just, I don't think, appreciate the dramatic change beyond the temperature that we experienced overnight. It was snowing sideways. Yeah.
4: I remember (laughs) hearing that it could flurry yesterday and like, I'm kind of in denial about that. Pulling out, I'm like, oh my gosh. It was one of those things where it's kind of trippy as you're driving because even it's not like I had my brights on. Even just with my headlights on, it almost gave me a headache driving in because the snow was coming right at me. You know that feeling?
3: Yeah, I do. Yeah. Thir- you know if you put your high beams on it looks like you're in Star Wars.
4: I know. It's it's kind of scary when you put your high Hypers- beams on because it gets worse.
3: 13 hours ago, I was sitting on my friend Jim's back porch drinking a v- ice cold Voodoo Ranger in a short sleeve t-shirt. And uh, in a t-shirt, I should say, in short sleeves. And uh, and when I got up to leave for work, it was snowing. I'm just telling you what what a dramatic uh, change we've had here for sure. Uh, you'll feel it when the when the wind hits you when you walk out the door this morning. Coming up, we're going to talk to our friend Genevieve Wood. Uh, I don't generally cover things dealing with the royal family because it 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 bores me and I I quit caring in 1776. Uh, but I do find immigration stories interesting, and there is a there's an effort to determine whether or not Prince Harry is an illegal alien in the United States. In other words, whether or not he he might have lied on his visa application before he and a little starlet Megan moved back to the United States, and that it's the Heritage Foundation that's kind of bird-dogging that. And we're going to talk to Genevieve about that coming up here in a few minutes. I thought that was an interesting story. Also, at BJC, do you know what enhanced masking is, Kim? Enhanced
4: is the, masking? It's, no. It's,
3: it's enhanced at uh, BJC, the the biggest hospital system around here, they have enhanced masking, and they started it way back in December. And even today, when you walk into BJC, you will notice all of the employees are required to wear masks in the, in the patient facing um, parts of the hospital system. At all of them, the employee the the, the patients aren't. But the employees are, and some of them are just fed up because they can't get management to explain why they're still doing this. And we're going to talk to one of those employees here at the bottom of the hour, so I hope you can stick around for that. First, though, I want to get to the shortlist this morning,
5: please. The Mark Cox Shortlist. Uh, this is a large gap, uh, and going on to Super Tuesday, there's showing polls coming back where President Trump's up by 40 points, 50 points. Uh, he's on pace to have a very big uh, night uh, next Tuesday.
3: Begging the question, what the hell is Nikki Haley doing?
0: I think it's pretty safe to say we all agree we need to avoid a government shutdown. The speaker was optimistic that they'll be able to move forward first.
3: Yeah, uh, Mitch. Uh, there's old Mitch. He's he he really doesn't want a government shutdown. And let's let's face it, when that happens, regardless of whose fault it is, it's the Republicans who take the blame. The first priority of the country is our border and making sure it's secure. I believe the president can take executive authority right now, today, to change that. And I told him that again today in person. That is the man, that's the Speaker Mike Johnson, and he is the one who is going to take the brunt of the blame for however this goes.
1: Also, we need to, uh, we,
3: we need to, in terms of supplemental, we need to, to deal with the Israeli proportion. Uh, 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 pre-written notes, still not quite sure what he's talking about. That is your President of the United States, uh, Joe Biden.
4: Do you think that Joe Biden has one of those jitterbug phones with the giant numbers?
3: <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I would imagine it's a government-issued phone of some sort, isn't it?
4: They had to specially make it, though, in order for him to probably understand <laughs> yeah. how to use it.
3: I envision that. What's that? I, I'm not making fun of people with hearing difficulties, but I envision that TV commercial that airs now where the, the two older Americans are standing near the phone and— Whatever you're saying, uh, the the words are spelled out on the screen in big letters uh, in closed captioning when you're talking to someone in case you're hard of hearing. I wonder if Joe Biden's got one of those yet. You he think?
4: he probably <laughs> needs one of those like first alert things that he wears around his neck. And I'm not trying to make fun of that either. But maybe underneath his button down, he's got one of those first alert lanyards oh, on.
3: Man, uh, the results are in uh, obviously yesterday uh, for Michigan it was an embarrassment for Nikki Haley. There's no doubt about that. It might also have been a little bit of a bellwether and a, and a forewarning for the for the Democrats for the Biden side of the issue here. If you listen to Rashida Tlaib, they'll tell you, uh, Joe Biden. Oh, Joe Biden. He he's feeling the heat now because something like 14 or 15 percent of the people in Michigan, largely people in the um, Muslim dominated communities around Detroit and other cities voted non-committed in the election instead of voting for really the only choice on the ballot, which was Joe Biden, because the other guy's been and also ran. Um, That was 14 percent. It was a significant number of people in Michigan. And they want to say, well, that's because people are upset with his his Gaza policy. That was Lee Zeldin, you heard at the top, who was pointing out that Trump's up 40, 50 points in super Tuesday, but he says that the Biden administration needs to pay attention here because he's got bigger issues than just what's going on in Gaza. Moving forward. Uh, He's on
5: pace to have a very big uh, night uh, next Tuesday. And, And I would just say it's something that's really important for, and really both parties, all parties to pay attention to this conversation we're having October 7th. And what's happened since has been the highest profile issue that can be a motivator but what's really important, digging deeper, the, the Arab American community, just like all Americans, they're concerned about other issues. So you know, if you live in Wayne County, your, your cost of housing <coughs> is higher than the state average. You're concerned about the cost of groceries. You have the, you know, an American dream of being able to afford your, your first home. You might be concerned about crime just as much as your neighbor. Uh, and the, un, the underlying issues, really, by, by the way, for any, any group we talk about, uh, it's important whether you are President Trump's campaign manager, President Biden's campaign manager, that you understand what else is motivating all of these people. Yeah,
3: he's very right. It's, it's the economy, stupid.
4: Yeah. I, well, I mean, certainly we know that the, the handling of this Hamas-Israel war was a motivator on people saying uncommitted. But I think his handling of the immigration, his handling of the economy, the fact that he can't even form a sentence even with these pre-written notes that he's handed – with probably huge font, that to me is what people are concerned about. So I would be curious what the breakdown was of the uncommitted group. Was it that was it those factors or was it strictly the the war and his handling of that? that you you don't like.
3: I'll bet. I'm sure there's polling up there on that this morning when they did the exit polling. And and a lot of blue collar workers, uh, UAW workers who aren't going to follow the union endorsement. And they're not voting for Joe Biden either. They're going to vote for Donald Trump, which is why he's ahead in Michigan. Uh, in, in a lot of the polling right now, it's neck and neck, regardless how you look at it. Uh, coming up, Genevieve Wood on this uh, Heritage Foundation lawsuit over Prince Harry's visa. And uh, what that's all about, we'll get to it coming up in just a few minutes.
4: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect, impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink
2: Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. (laughs) The stars at night are big and bright, deep
3: in the heart of Texas. Genevieve Woods, Senior Advisor at Heritage, on the phone this morning. Genevieve, I am proud of myself. Can I just tell you that for just a moment? <laughs> so here's why. <laughs> yes, here's always. why. Here's why. Because I often joke, and I can't say that I came up with the idea, that I lost interest in the royal family in about 1776. Haven't really cared about it uh, much <laughs> in my life. And as a radio host, I keep a, I keep a file with all of my old um, interviews in there, right? And I went back and searched. And in all the time I've been doing this I can only find one soundbite that I ever played from Prince Harry. Um so I it, it, just more proof that I've paid very little attention to this over the years. What in the world is Heritage uh, trying to do in terms of his visa? I saw this story and I'm like this is fascinating. What what what's, what's the story going on? Here?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to your point, there's a lot of folks who say, who, you know, whatever about Prince Harry, who cares? It's what do you, you know, maybe maybe you're mad that he uh, kind of, you know, ditched the queen and the royal family and say that's disrespectful and the like. But the, the reason that the Heritage Foundation has cared at all about Prince Harry is because Prince Harry has been given, we believe, a very special favor that many others aren't. And this goes back to the immigration issue. He applied for a visa to come to this country. He was granted one. And yet what we find out, he was very public about this in his, his most recent book, uh, his memoir, where he talked about a lot of illicit drug use that he was involved in, not just one time, but on an ongoing basis. And drug use, illicit drug use, is usually something that prevents a foreigner from being able to get a visa to come into this country. And so this isn't like something that was hidden. They just found out about it. It's very, it's well known. And the fact that the government, the question is, did the government even look into it? Did they do any sort of investigation? Or do they just hand him the visa because he is Prince Harry? And again, people may say, well, that's kind of a being, you know, digging into the details. And does that really matter? Yes, it matters. If the government doesn't follow the rules with one person, why do you think they're following them over here? And why should he be given special special treatment?
3: Yeah, he admitted the drug use in a book. So, th- th- correct me if I'm wrong here, this would be almost like failing to admit when you fill out your, your federal gun background check that you were a drug user like uh, Hunter Biden.
0: I mean, Hunter Biden— I was just going to say, exact- <laughs> very good example, Mark, very good example.
4: But then the lawyer— And, and again, look, it- go ahead. Well, I was going to say the lawyer for the Department of Homeland Security looks like it's trying to say you can't use the book as sworn testimony that just because you write it in a book doesn't mean that it was true. Well, no. why, why would you admit to it if it's not true?
0: Well, first of all, there's a history of people using such evidence. But number two, then let's ask Prince Harry, do want to come on a stand and say that everything I wrote in my book is not true? I mean, look, believe it or not, a district court actually heard the case. The White House tried to poo-poo this. We asked for, we asked for, for information from them before we filed a lawsuit, and they refused to cooperate. The administration hence why we had to file the Freedom of Information Act to get the information and if we're end up filing the lawsuit but it, it was just heard in court on Friday we'll see where it goes from here but Hunter Biden another great example if you allow people of a certain status or celebrity level to get away with things and then you don't do that to others. That is a completely different standard of justice for people. And it shouldn't be tolerated. No, no, it should not.
3: Uh, but yeah, fascinating. I, I, so now we're just waiting to see if if the administration provides the documents you've requested.
0: Well, they, they, so basically, that they would not provide the documents, hence why we filed the lawsuit. Okay, all right. Yeah. And so the court, the court, the first hearing was just heard just in, 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 fr- on Friday. Okay. Uh, my understanding is that you know well. We'll, we'll see what the next steps are going to be. What happens, but if it, it, depending on you know obviously possibility that it could throw the case out, say, well, it doesn't have merit. I don't believe that's going to happen or they wouldn't have heard it in the first place. Uh, but people need to understand this kind of thing is happening. And it's not just Prince Harry. It's also Hunter Biden. And you could probably go through a whole other list of oftentimes lawmakers who are able to dance around the law because they know the strings to push and they know, they've know got you know special uh, letters in front of their name, like senator or congressman or whatever. And that just shouldn't be tolerated. You shouldn't be able to buy yourself out of something like this. I mean, I guarantee you this was some wealthy, you know, uh, yeah. business owner. You'd have a Senator Elizabeth Warren and others clamoring about how the rich shouldn't get special treatment. But in this, these cases, they don't care. Uh,
3: quickly here, uh, Genevieve, we've talked a little bit about the IVF case in Alabama. And I see a story on the Daily Signal today, where obviously Tammy Duckworth and some other Democrats are trying to turn this around and jam through federal legislation regarding IVF. This is, to me, this is a local issue, and it's just about litigation.
0: It's a state issue, yeah. and look, the you know you, there's different interpretations, obviously, of how people look at this issue. But the ruling does not ban IVF. The ruling, the ruling banned the fact that if you created embryos, you could not destroy them, right? Yes, this is yes. saying that once the embryos are there, they're live human beings. And so therefore discarding them or damaging them is doing so to, to another human. It doesn't ban the practice of IVF. So as with many of these stories, a lot of people take it and try to use it for their own political means, and the left is going to try to use this agenda up the abortion debate again going into the election.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And uh, the great – both of those stories, by the way, com. Genevieve, thank you as always. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Genevieve Wood there, Heritage, Heritage.org. Daily Signal is uh, just a great website to check out for some stories around the country that you probably are not aware of but that are still affecting your life. Uh, coming up. What is enhanced masking? Uh, I When I think enhanced, I think, well, that's something greater than. Uh, if you're an employee at BJC, you may not feel that way. We're going to talk to one of them coming up. Kim, I have a question for you. What can uh, – oftentimes people are afraid to speak out uh, about company policies out of fear that it's going to, I don't know, affect their job and somehow. Did you find that at uh, Channel 4 at all? Uh, yeah, and what was the consequence of that? I was let go. Well, I'm just saying, right? Uh, this through COVID, a lot of people faced mask mandates, uh, they faced mandatory closing of their businesses, their schools, it impacted education, and then you think to yourself, yeah, Mark, but why are you still talking about that cuz that's all in the past. Unless you're an employee at BJC, one of the biggest healthcare companies in St. Louis and the region, The employees that go to work there every day at the hospitals still have to wear masks. It's a policy that's been in effect since December now with no end in sight. The employees can't seem to get any answers. So I had one of those employees reach out to me and we are protecting her identity uh, for the very reason that I just mentioned a minute ago. We're going to refer to her as Jill. And uh, we appreciate Jill giving us some time this morning. Uh, Jill, welcome into the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. You you reached out to me because of your frustration with with going to work and not being able to get any answers on when this might end or why it's still in effect. Is that right?
6: Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, this has been going on since December, and a majority of the people that I work with are incredibly frustrated. The answers they're giving don't make sense. The data doesn't support it. And it's interesting that Mercy and SSM never force their employees to mask during this typical viral season that we're seeing this year.
3: So I reached out last week um, and I asked the PR department at Barnes-Jewish uh, this question. Could you please send me details on your current masking policy for employees and the data being used to justify masking? Also, is there a scheduled ending date? I got this reply from Laura High, who works in PR for BJC. Hi, Mark. On behalf of BJC Healthcare, as we continue through respiratory illness season, COVID-19, RSV, and flu, BJC Healthcare employees are required to wear masks in patient care areas. Masking is encouraged but optional for visitors unless visiting a patient in isolation for a known or suspected infection. And that's it. I followed that up and said, but you didn't answer my question about the data. Where's the data to justify this? And they never answered me. Are you you finding the same kind of pushback when you question this?
6: Well, yeah. You know, I mentioned to you that we had a town hall meeting last week and one of the excuses was that we were actually kind of behind the eight ball enforcing masks because they started enforcing masks in Ohio at some of these other pediatric institutions, which, what does Ohio have to do with St. Louis County and city? Nothing. So that you get these, you know, ridiculous answers. I did receive some data from an infectious disease doctor, and it's very jumbled, very busy graphs. Um, But if you look at one page, you see all of the viruses cumulatively are decreasing. So everything's going down. We got this sharp down downward trend of um, all viral illnesses, but they want to focus on the one virus that's still going up a little bit in the hospitals and in our community, and that's influenza, particularly influenza B. So, so they're just going to manipulate and pull data however they want to support this ridiculous enhanced masking. So, you know, you can spin numbers however you want. You can say two kids with influenza is a danger to all of us, or you can say 2,000, right? They're just spinning the data to support this nonsense.
4: And I feel like before when they were enforcing these masking policies across the country, it was because they're telling us, you know, all the beds are filled up, we're running out of space, and, and basically people are dying. And it seems like even with this latest strain of, of COVID, it, it's, it's like a a. Cold, and I'm not saying that's how everyone's affected, but to me, everyone I've talked to who has it, that's what they're telling me their symptoms are.
6: Right, thirty. So they see about a thousand kids a week through the ER, and thirty-three of them were admitted. So that's three percent that we're worried about. One kid was in the ICU as of last week, but those kids in the ICU also have comorbidities, right? They're probably not healthy kids. If a kid is in the ICU for influenza, COVID, then you got to look at the big picture. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're just nitpicking whatever little number they can. Um, and the, the hospital is not full. They, want, they they are using the word that we're surging, but that's a complete fallacy. That's, that's not right at all. And then, too. oh, it, it is. It, it totally is just let's keep the, because families will come in because they are not required to wear a mask. So families come into our facility and they're like, what's going on? Why, what, why are y'all wearing a mask? And a lot of them, which is amazing, they will ask us to take off their mask because it, or take off our mask because it's scaring their children, or they just don't find it necessary. And so much of our job is facial cues and communication. So when you've removed that um, for a patient, it just makes it very difficult to have that good rapport because you're, you're just a set of eyes to them.
3: I'm sure. And I imagine, Jill, that that a lot of you, your fellow em- employees like you uh, are are concerned about speaking out against, you know, th- these are these are obviously decisions made on high by the hospital administrator, n- not somebody at the staffing level who's actually seeing what's going on on the ground.
6: Right. I mean, and that's how it's always been. I mean, that's unfortunately the way the hospitals are is the, People in the what is it, the ivory towers, make the decisions, and then those of us that actually have, you know, direct patient care are the ones that just have to kind of sit down and shut up.
4: Have you had any coworkers um, who have just outright said, "I'm not wearing this mask"?
6: I did that. I was the only one, unfortunately, um, because a lot of people don't want to lose their job. So whatever day that was, December twelfth, I think, is when it went into effect. I refused to put a mask on that day. I, I said, I'm, "I'm not doing this. I cannot do this." There is no data that supports this. This is crazy. I didn't put a mask on. My um, boss kind of didn't know what to do with me, so HR had to get involved. And then um, the next day, I showed up to work again, and I said, I am not wearing a mask. And so I was forced to clock out and go home. Wow. So I spent three days um, from work. I I took my own personal time off for three days to think about what I want to do next. Do I want to continue working here? do I want to quit my job that I love, that I've had for almost 24 years. Um, It was really, really difficult. And unfortunately in the end, I had to do what was best for myself and my family. Um, And I'm back at work playing the game. I just, I'm one person, BJC employs 30,000 people. So I needed more people to join me in this and say, no, we're not doing this. And I understand their reasons it was very hard for people to join me in this, but as one person, I'm not gonna make a difference.
3: Wow. And and again, they didn't answer me. I also asked for a timeline on this. Is this just going to be forever?
6: <laughs> no, they'll, it's through viral season. Last year, it ended somewhere in the middle of March. So we're assuming that's kind of when it's going to just magically be okay to remove the mask. Um, so that's probably what's going to happen again this year is they'll find this magic date where it's safe to take your mask off the middle of March because viral season has been deemed over. And yeah we'll get to show our face again. It,
3: it would be interesting, and I don't even know how you'd do this because I don't know if the systems share this data to find out if at the end of viral system uh, season the statistics were any worse or better at b j c versus mercy
6: we that's what we would love to know. We would love to know is is everyone just getting so sick and dying and their coworkers or all you know, like employees are sick constantly because they're not forced to wear a mask. No, I mean we know the answer to that. Like yeah. I'm sure no one's running data, but we know the answer is they're fine over there. I mean they're, they're probably completely gonna, fine.
4: They're probably going to do this every year though. That's the problem. I see mm-hmm. people at the grocery store wearing a mask, and I guarantee you these hospital systems like BJC are going to say every single infectious what during this time of the year our employees have to mask. Like this, mm-hmm. they're conditioning everybody to be
6: okay with that. Right. I'm yeah. That's. Yeah, I can't. I can't work at a place like that much longer. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's really, really difficult. Well, Jill, really difficult. Jill,
3: thank you for sharing your story with us. I'm, I know a lot of yes. people understand, and thank you for speaking out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, and, and well, maybe we can follow up with you if we get more numbers.
6: Sounds good. Right, <laughs> Don't yeah. hold your breath for that. <laughs> yeah,
3: no kidding. All right. Thank you. Have okay. a, Have a great day. Uh, I'm glad she had the guts to to stand up and speak out about it. I could talk
4: to her Um, forever because I think it's so fascinating and I I 100% understand that isolating feeling. Everyone thinks you're crazy. You're the only one. I was the only one to my knowledge in the local TV market who refused to take this shot and people just thought I was crazy and it's really hard when no one else is willing to stand up because I know people were against it because they told me but they didn't want to lose their job and I understand people had different situations with their families. I was not married. I had no kids at the time. I get it. But it it sucks when there's a stupid policy like that yes. and people aren't standing up.
3: Yeah. And uh, they clearly they, they, there's nobody to hold accountable for it over there. Right. I mean, it's not the government forcing them to do it. It's somebody high up in the administration who's uh, PC and decide to make this uh, this decision. It sounds like because if there was data, they could have provided for me. I asked for it mm-hmm. and they opted not to. Uh, probably assist. because it wouldn't have supported their position. Right. If I had to guess. Yeah. Coming up next hour, we're going to uh, we're going to talk to Mark Lotter. Of course, he used to work for President Trump and uh, his thoughts on Michigan, the, the upcoming Super Tuesday primary. Uh, Nikki Haley still hanging around and what she's after. We'll get to that about 820. We'll be right back. We're not going to inundate people with the minutiae of policy. Oh, yes, we are. Absolutely, we are. Hey, so yesterday was sign-up day for people running for office. There were not many surprises. Um, maybe one or two people who, who maybe didn't decide to run for a, an office that there was speculation on. But for the most part, everybody's in. People were lined up yesterday. Uh, Kim, you say you saw a tweet earlier from Will Scharf. Mm-hmm suggest so they had to they 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 lined up but the order you lined up in like if somebody got there and camped overnight that didn't mean your name was going to be first on the ballot they they hand you basically select numbers at random and then whatever you, if the person with the lowest number is the one whose name goes first on the ballot
4: well and that's what Will Sharf was saying is that okay. he'll be the first name on the ballot for Missouri Attorney General candidates
3: okay so um what place on the ballot will Sarah Unsicker take
4: mm, is there Jill- a is there a yeah, uh, nothing? This this is really crazy. I've been reporting on this this morning.
3: Yes, yeah, she's the one who who made some some uh, you know uh, she pretty anti Jewish statements uh, regarding the situation with Israel and Gaza, and the Democratic Party kind of exiled her. Right? They they called her a Holocaust denier and said that they didn't want anything to do with her. So she tried to go file as a Democrat yesterday. Uh, to run, um, and as for governors, a Democrat, and the Democratic Party wouldn't accept her paperwork. They're like, "Hey, we don't want you. A little too crazy, little too crazy for us if that's possible.
4: That's when you know you're crazy.
3: You know you're crazy. The Democrats won't take you as a candidate. would be generally my my assumption there for sure. Coming up, we'll talk to Mark Lauder about the uh, the Nikki Haley continuing to stay in this race. Instead of taking a job at the drive through at McDonald's, which is all she's going to be fit for
1: when this is over, we really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend over here! Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible
2: trade in when you switch.